Today on the newscast, Russian and Syrian fighter jets conduct joint patrols near Israel's Golan Heights. Is this a message to Israel? Plus, Ukraine wants Iron Dome. Get all the breaking details next. Hey folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman newscast. In case you missed it, on yesterday's newscast, we outlined what appears to be an Israeli airstrike against an Iranian weapons factory south of Damascus. If you missed it, just go to our archives under newscast. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe and click the notification bell so you get alerts every time a new video is posted. Hey, we outlined uh, how Israel, according to Syrian state media, fired missiles, Israeli fighter jets, from above the Golan Heights region. Again, targeting this Iranian factory near Damascus International Airport in the shadow of the Syrian capital. Now, the Middle East is the world's most volatile and strategic region, as we tell you on a daily basis here on the newscast. And that's why we encourage you to subscribe to our daily updates. And lo and behold, we have further proof of that today in the wake of those Israeli airstrikes early Tuesday morning, a few hours later, In a major development, folks, Syrian and Russian fighter jets conducted, number one, joint exercises, and number two, joint patrols of southern Syria, including along the Syrian-Israel border in the shadow of Israel's Golan Heights. Now, number one, major development because it comes just Uh, Hours after those Israeli strikes in Syria, was this a message to Israel by Vladimir Putin and Bashar al-Assad's regime? More on that in a minute. But number two, this was the first such joint military maneuvers by the Russian and Syrian militaries, in this case the Air Force, since February in, again, a very important occasion that was largely overlooked, surprise, surprise, by the mainstream media, where Russia conducted its largest naval drills and military drills in the Mediterranean off the coast of Syria since the end of the Cold War. And as part of those drills, Russia's defense minister, Sergei Shogai, visited Syria, met with Bashar al-Assad, and Russia brought nuclear-capable hypersonic missiles and nuclear-capable bombers down to Syria at Israel's doorstep in order to conduct this massive drill back in February. Now, that was uh, the same week or just before, I believe it was the week before, or a few days before, Russia launched its invasion of Ukraine. Yet still, it was not taking its eye off the Middle East ball. It shows you how pivotal that region is to Russia's overall plan and to Vladimir Putin's ambitions to make Russia a global superpower once again. Now, that was late February, Again, fast forward to yesterday, we are now in June, and we see Russia and Syria uh, maneuvering in midair. Russian fighter jets, Syrian fighter jets together. Now, the Syrian fighter jets reportedly worked on uh, taking out enemy warplanes and enemy drones under the cover, or with the cover, as part of this drill, of the Russian Air Force. So they were working in tandem, and as I mentioned at the top, they then conducted these joint patrols all along southern Syria, right up against Israel's northeastern border. So not really a comforting thought if you're sitting uh, in Jerusalem as a member of the Israeli government to see Russia 
a nuclear powerhouse in the very least, openly aligned with one of your greatest enemies, the regime of Bashar al-Assad, and conducting military maneuvers together at your doorstep. Folks, when it comes to Russia and its involvement in the Middle East and its relationship with Israel in a larger sense, you can't get around the fact that Russia is aligned with Israel's greatest enemies, openly aligned shoulder to shoulder in Syria with the regime of Bashar al-Assad, with the Iranian regime, and with Hezbollah. Oh, and by the way, last month, Russia also hosted a Hamas delegation in Moscow. So I've said it many times here about Vladimir Putin and a larger sense about Russia. You can tell a lot about a person or a nation by the company they keep. In the case of Russia, they keep the company of the enemies, the sworn enemies of Israel and America. So we can expect, I believe, considering that point, Russia and Israel to have a very productive long-term relationship, especially, again, when there are thousands of Russian troops in Syria at Israel's doorstep. We've been documenting here in the newscast over the past several months the slow but steady unraveling, really, of the Israel-Russia relationship. It really went into overdrive with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. More on that in a second. But we've had a series of condemnations uh, by Russia, Russian diplomats, Russian ambassadors of Israel, in particular over Israel's airstrikes against Russia's good friends, the Iranian regime and its proxies inside Syria. Russia seems to be losing patience with Israel's activities there in Syria. And again, folks, you have to wonder if this joint patrol coming just hours after those Israeli airstrikes near Damascus was some sort of message to Israel. Now, we reported here in the newscast uh, last month also that there were rumblings in a previous Israeli airstrike in Syria that perhaps Russia or Russian forces in Syria for the first time fired anti-aircraft missiles at Israeli fighter jets. Now, uh, there were no large denials by the Putin regime, but there were apparently some denials uh, by Russian, various Russian officials. But this was reported in is- some Israeli media outlets and Middle Eastern media outlets. It gives you pause. It gives you pause for concern, in particular, again, if you are in Israel's leadership. This is a very precarious position Israel finds itself where, look, they're trying not to anger Vladimir Putin and shake the hornet's nest in Moscow because Israel wants to maintain that freedom to operate in Syria and push back Iranian and Hezbollah forces from the Golan and even more importantly, perhaps, uh, put a dent in and stop the transport of those advanced weapon systems that Iran continues to ship into Syria to be used, in their view, one day against Israel. In particular, those precision-guided missiles, PGMs for short. That's the main reason you see these Israeli airstrikes in Syria. Israel is preemptively defending its citizenry from these advanced Iranian weapons. It is a collision course, ladies and gentlemen, and it is not sustainable for Israel to have an Iranian regime entity on its border that is devoted to the destruction of Israel. No nation would put up with such a scenario, and Israel, to its credit, wisely is taking action. But could that be jeopardized if Russia one day says, no more, we no longer, Israel, want you to conduct 
operations inside Syria. We control the skies here in Syria. That is not an unlikely scenario, folks. And by the way, as we talk about Israel kind of walking that fine line, friendly with Ukraine and friendly with Russia until recent months at least, Ukraine or Ukraine's ambassador to Israel just yesterday in a press conference in Tel Aviv requested that Israel supply its Iron Dome missile defense system to Ukraine. We'll see how Israel responds there. Obviously, if Israel did that, Russia's response would be fierce, uh, to say the least. And one way Russia is hitting back at Israel, whenever Israeli diplomats have condemned Russia's behavior in Ukraine, Russia has turned around and, number one, made comments about Israeli activities in Syria, in Jerusalem, number two, in Judea and Samaria, even a deputy Russian ambassador to the UN back in February said that Russia does not recognize the Golan Heights as Israeli territory. He said that is Syrian territory, that is occupied Syrian territory. So it gives you an idea of the game Russia is playing uh, in the diplomatic realm, for starters, Russia will try to make things very difficult for Israel on issues like the Golan, Judea and Samaria, and Jerusalem. A lot going on, and we didn't even mention the prophetic implications of all of this, which we've been digging into pretty heavily over the past few months, in particular since that Russian invasion of Ukraine. I'm talking, of course, about that war of Gog and Magog. Funny name, I know, but if you don't know about it, check out the book of Ezekiel, chapters 38 and 39, which I believe detail a future war, a future latter days, as Ezekiel calls it, confederation of nations led by Russia coming against Israel. Here's the good news. That confederation doesn't get very far. They meet their demise on the mountains of Israel, courtesy of the God of Israel, because he still sits on the throne and he is in control. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here today on the Watchman Newscast. Until tomorrow, God bless you. And remember, never. Hold your peace.